All right, James chapter 3. Go to James chapter 3. In fact, uh, we're doing Marks of a Disciple, and tonight we're going to talk about a renewed mouth. Someone say, uh oh. <laughs> Some of you have potty mouths. What's happening is, is that you are killing yourself with what you say. Your words are taking you down a dark path and a dark place. And so we're going to talk about tonight Marks of a Disciple. Last week we talked about a renewed mind. And now we're going to just continue through this and talk about a renewed mouth. Um, it's interesting that coming out of a mainline traditional denomination, which, by the way, I'm very grateful for, absolutely grateful for my heritage. They taught me to love this book, taught me to love this Bible. They taught me to love missions and be passionate about evangelism and winning souls. Amen? Scripture says that he who wins souls is what? Wise. And so I'm so grateful for my heritage. But... One of the things that they didn't really talk about, and so I kind of had to get outside of that realm in order to, to really find some discovery, uh, is the power of our words. The power of our words. Now, we all understand that our words are powerful in the negative. Amen? It doesn't take long for somebody to walk in a room and take the atmosphere down and turn things south very quick. In fact, uh, sometimes we have been guilty, you have been guilty, I've been guilty of walking into an environment and complaining. Well, how are you doing? Man, I'm feeling horrible today. I've had the worst day. And do you know that when you're doing that, your words are going out and they're impacting the person you're talking to? Boy, it got really quiet there except for Terry Benningfield. It just, wham. But it's real easy to go, well, you know, I want to be authentic and I want to be genuine. Well, I, I want to be full of faith. I want to have a but God attitude. That doesn't mean denying the obvious. Okay, I'm spurting blood out of an artery. Okay, I, bought it, I need to talk about that, all right? But what I'm saying is, is that in general, most of the time, what we do is we literally create the atmosphere and we create the environment that we breathe. And your words, we've said this before, but this always bears repeating, always bears reteaching, that we create our own atmosphere. Our words, write this down, are air conditioners. Our words condition the air, condition the atmosphere in which we dwell. I do something at home. I actually do it here at the church as well. I brought, years ago when I first became pastor here, I would walk into this building and it was just scary quiet. You know what I'm talking about? Silent screams, doesn't it, sometimes? And this building, if you've ever been here at night when there's no noise at all, it's creepy because this building makes noises. Now, I don't know if there's any demonic critters hanging around. There are some squirrels that occasionally get in the attic here. And those can scare you pretty good in the middle of the night if you're up here late. And uh, you'll hear them running, running across, and we'll get here and turn on the sound system. Nothing happens because I ate through something. And it's, it's happened before. But it can be a scary place at night. So I like to have an atmosphere condition, and I believe in the power of words. And so what I like to do is, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but those of you who clean the church or you've come up here after hours, you'll notice that there's two speakers in the hall down there. I, I took my best, my bows, and I put them up there. And I, we have music we have music going perpetually in this building. Now, as I left the house, I left my dog Sparky and our fish Sonic at the house by themselves tonight. And that Rachel coming back from Minneapolis will be in this evening. But I left them alone. And you know what? I thought, you know what? They don't need to be in silence. So I put on 
uh, on Dish TV. They have the message, and I put on music. And I've got music filling my house right now. Why do I do that? Because I believe that literally we can condition the environment and condition the, the atmosphere, the ethos, with our words and with words, with praise. It's, there, it's something about walking into a house at night later, which I'll do, and it's dark and walking in and hearing music playing in the place and know that praise and worship has been going on throughout my house perpetually throughout the day. Why do I believe that? Because I know the power of words. Now, I was a case manager and then later was promoted, and I ended up becoming the community director of a foster care agency uh, out of Brownwood Early. They moved me to Midland, Odessa. I spent a lot of years working with very broken, shattered children, young people. And I read case file after case file. I sat in counseling sessions and ran groups and listened to kids pour their hearts out and tell me the horror stories of what had been done to them. Here's what I learned. I learned very quickly that physical abuse, bruises heal, cuts heal. They may leave scars, but they heal. But the damage that was done through words and literally word curses spoken over children carried on into their adolescence, early, middle, late adolescence, and even into adulthood, if not dealt with. The power of words. It's interesting that the scripture makes a comment, and it says this, that his word goes forth and it accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. It literally never returns void. In other words, God's words produce something and they never come back empty. They are always producing something. The power of words. When God created the earth, he spoke it into existence. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look a little bit like your father. We have, listen to this, the Imago Dei. We have that in us, dwelling alive, the image of God, the Imago Dei in us. And we look a little bit like our dad. We look a little bit like our Abba Father. Praise God. Amen? Amen. Spit and image. Y'all know what that means. It means spirit and image, not spitting. You're the spit and image of your daddy. No, no, no. Spirit and image. That's what it literally means. You're the spirit and the image of your father. And I'm telling you, there are days when I have to go, I'm so glad that God created something. Something about him is in me. And because of that, my words carry weight. They carry authority. They carry power. Like I said, we know that in the negative. But unfortunately, we don't actually consciously and intentionally operate that in the positive enough. And so what I want to talk about tonight is training our mouth, dealing with our mouth. We dealt with the battlefield of the mind last week. We're talking about the battlefield of the mouth this week because a lot of you are killing yourself with your mouth. And you're actually nullifying and destroying things that you're believing for and desiring and praying and seeking God for and calling in and believing God for. And you're destroying it with your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, shut your mouth. I just had to do that. It was kind of funny. All right, James chapter 3. If you would bring it up, you can look on the screen. I'm going to read it off the screen for time's sake. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we as teachers shall receive a stricter judgment. That scares me. Keep going. For we all stumble in many things. Can I get an amen? 
Let's all stand together as we read the word, all right? I won't preach until I finish, all right? I, I keep saying that, I always do, all right? Trust me. Here, I'm going to read it straight through. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect, complete, whole man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is, on, it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Anybody encouraged yet? Verse 9. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude, the imago Dei, the image of God, the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or grapevine bear figs. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. And everybody said, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask, Lord, that you would add your blessing and your anointing to the reading of your word. And Father, we give your word first place tonight. We allow it to weigh in on our lives. We give it honor. We honor you above all things. We bless you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen and amen. Interesting, those two words, blessing and cursing. It's funny because we can get real spooky about words like curse, you know, because we, we connect it to movies we've seen or things we've read or heard, and, and we get all spooky about it. But really, a curse simply is this. It's an empowerment to fail. He says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing, which is an empowerment to succeed, and cursing, which is an empowerment to fail. And with our mouths, we speak word curses where we literally empower ourselves to fail. Amen. So we have to guard our mouth because there's a battlefield. There's a battle going on for your tongue. I mean, he says, we've tamed every beast of the field. Every beast on the planet has been tamed. Except Sasquatch. We haven't quite found Bigfoot, have we? We're working on that. I'm sure he'll be discovered. He, she, all of them, whatever. Someday, yet day, but we'll find we'll find Bigfoot. But anyway, it says every beast has been tamed. Everyone has been taken. It says this, but no man can tame the tongue. Now that can either really discourage you and go, then why are we even talking about this? Because this, no man can tame the tongue, but the Holy Spirit can. So you've been called. Not to live a natural life, but to live a supernatural life. You have super, you have God's natural, or you got natural, you got God's super put on your natural, you got supernatural. So the tongue can only be tamed through the Spirit of God, through being led 
and under the authority of the Spirit. So the tongue can be tamed, just not by the man. How many of y'all know how dangerous this thing is in our mouth? I mean, it's not that big a deal, is it? I mean, it's this weird, ugly muscle that just is in there. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of creepy. But, you know, the power, the power that this contains and how it can literally set the course. It can define your destiny. It can destroy your destiny. With our words, we either create or we destroy. We either build up. Or we tear down. We either encourage or we discourage. And you know, there's really no middle ground. In fact, the scripture says that we will be held accountable for every idle word spoken. And the reason is because there really is not an idle word. Every word carries weight. How many of y'all want to be anointed with power? Filled with God. rubbed? Listen, the more anointed you are, the more weight and gravity your words carry. And so what you ask for is a tremendous responsibility, which means we have got to get control of our mouth. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. All right. Let's, uh, here's the takeaway. I want to give you a quick review. The word works, but you must work the word. Now, I've given a disclaimer every time because we don't want to just, we're not trying to work the word to get stuff. We're trying to use what God's given us to fulfill his will, his call, his agenda, not ours. Amen? So this isn't about getting a bigger car, getting more stuff. This is about getting the kingdom moving forward and reaching people and making a difference in this world. So the word works, but we've got to learn how to work this world. We're going to spend the next eight or ten years doing this, okay? So we're going to continue to stay on this. And if, if, you, if I ever hear you say, well, Pastor, you just kind of repeat. And I've heard you tell that before. I've heard you say that before. Well, the reason I'm saying it is because we're not getting it. So I'm going to keep saying it until we get it. Amen? Like a good algebra teacher, right? All right, here, we, we started this series a few weeks ago. But let me give you the, just the statements or the truth nuggets. Your mindset determines your life set. What you think, and the reason that's important to understand and allow that to be a framework for you is because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you think will eventually come out in your life. It will be manifest in your life. So your mindset determines your life set. Now, we've got to understand that it's our words that shape what we think. We can actually change the way we think by what we say. And I'll show you how that works in a little bit. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Can I get an amen? And where the mind goes, the woman follows, right? It's, it's for everybody. All right, if your life is a mess, it's because your mind is a mess. And you can tag on there because your mouth is a mess. If the enemy defeats you in your thinking, he will defeat you in your living. If he defeats you in your speaking, he will defeat you in your living. It is so critical that we get a hold of this mouth, get a hold of this mind, get a hold of this heart. And really begin to walk out a spirit-led life. It's so funny because classically we think in terms of to be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. To be spirit-led is all about a Sunday show or a church having a big service. And we miss the gravity and the weight that what I do every day as a Christ follower is that I am constantly submitting my heart. Constantly submitting my mind, constantly submitting my mouth under Christ, under him, bringing every thought into captivity, making it obedient to Christ. Second Corinthians 10, 4 and following it, it literally where we're submitting everything to him so that we start to really look like dad. 
we begin to actually take on His nature, His characteristics. We begin to respond like God would respond. What would Jesus do? I don't know. What would you do? If you're full of Him, what you would do is what He's doing. Does this make sense? And so we've got to continue to submit this. And that's why I want to continue to go back, talk about the mind, talk about the heart, talk about our thinking, and then what we're saying, because we have got to begin to say what God says. Let me tell you one of the most critical areas you need to say what God says is what God says about you. Because you know in the battlefield of the mind, your mind, when you look in the mirror, when you think about yourself, when you have a bad day, when you have a fail moment, your mind goes off, does it not? And all of a sudden, I mean, you've got a F5 tornado going on in your mind, and you've got to get a hold of that thing. Because what happens is you'll begin to speak. You'll begin to leak. You'll begin to leak out. You'll begin to speak out. And then you'll begin to act out. Did you get that? You'll begin to leak out. You'll begin to speak out. Then you'll begin to act out because your behavior will follow. We'll look at Mark 11 in a minute. It says you have whatever you say. You'll have it. I'm just so afraid my kids are going to go wild. I'm afraid they're going to get out of the house and just go crazy. I'm just afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Whoa. Wow. I'm afraid I'm just going to die a fiery death and a car crash. And then every time you drive under a bridge and see a pylon or something, you get nervous. You go, have whatever you say. I mean, it's amazing how we empower ourselves to fail. I don't take tests well. I, I have a hard time with tests. I just I study and I study and I know the material, but I get into a test. I, 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 and you will have whatever you say. And we've got to learn to retrain our mouths so we begin to say, you know what? I can take this. I know this material. I know this. I'm, I'm ready for this. I used to walk in, in college. I went to Howard Payne down the street. And uh, I used to go into into class, and y'all know how it is when you go in on test day. Everybody's freaking out. I mean, everybody's like studying and cramming. They've been up all night. They've had seven pots of coffee. They're just like, you know, no dose. I mean, they're all like just hyped up on caffeine. Everybody's freaking out. I used to just stroll into class just like totally chilled out. Because here's the deal. I realized I either knew it or I didn't. And I knew my professor, particularly Dr. Roark, would pray that God would bless us according to how we studied. We're always like, no, stop. <laughs> no, we cancel that curse, you know, power to fail. But uh, I used to go in very relaxed because I knew, I knew if I got all worked up, I knew I wouldn't even cram one more piece of information in there because I believed after 1986 when I got filled with the Holy Spirit to a whole new level. I mean, I just said, you know what? It's in there, and I believe the Holy Spirit can access it like a random access memory. I believe God can pull it out. It's there. And so I used to go, and I was just relaxing. You know what? Um, hey, it's awesome. Isn't this a great day? And make everybody mad, you know. <laughs> what, we have a test today? <laughs> this is awesome. I love tests. Well, what was I doing? I was speaking, speaking, speaking. You know what I did? I empowered my mind. I relaxed. And I took tests well. I don't know if I had supernatural recall, but occasionally I think I did. So, when I didn't, I didn't blame God. You know, some days I didn't have supernatural recall, but most of the time it worked pretty well for me. 
The power of your words. Let's talk about the battlefield of the mouth. We talked about the battlefield of the mind last week. Are we ready? You ready to learn something? Remember, the word works, but we have got to learn how to work this word. And what I was saying earlier is that being in a mainline denomination, which I'm grateful for, they didn't really teach me how to work the word. They taught me the word, but they didn't teach me that I could actually act and use it as and, and it actually a practical, practical effect and practical implications in my life. And some of you, because we come from a wide variety of backgrounds in here and denominations and non-denominations and Pentecostal, and Charismatic, and Southern Baptist, Church of Christ. I mean, we have such a, a broad spectrum. I mean, we look a little bit like heaven, amen? And, uh, but because of that, some of you, are, this may be fresh to you, and you may think, wow, I hadn't heard it quite said like this. But just be ready to receive, amen? But don't just receive, because you've got to act out. You've got to walk this out, amen? Faith without corresponding works is what? dead. Faith without works is dead. Corresponding action. So, all right, let's get a few things here. Uh, power of your words, the battlefield of the mouth. Okay? Number one, jot this down. Your mouth is a barometer of your heart. It's important to understand that what's inside of you is going to come out of you. Let's get the scripture on that. Matthew chapter 12. Your mouth is a barometer of the heart. Jot that down. It's a truism. Verse 33 says, either make the tree good and it's fruit good or else make the tree bad. And this was Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, talking about because they were so clean on the outside. Everything looked good on the outside. He says this, either make the tree good and it's fruit good or else make the tree bad and it's fruit bad. For a tree is known by its what? A tree is known by what it produces, its product. You will be known by your product, not by what you say. Not by, not by the car you drive, not by your image, your persona. You will be known by what you produce, your fruit, produce. That's what fruit is. So you'll be known by your product, your fruit. It says this in the next verse. Brood of vipers. Jesus was so subtle, wasn't he? See, sometimes Jesus was a lamb, and then sometimes he was a lion. Amen? Don't ever over-spiritualize and think, well, you know, when he tied that, you know, that cat, you know, he tied that whip into cord, you know, cords into a whip and drove them out of the temple. You know, you know, he, he was wasn't really hitting them hard. Ooh, I, I think he was drawing some serious blood. Amen. <laughs> OK, yeah, I do. Anyway, I think he was serious about what he was doing. He calls them a bunch of snakes. You're just a bunch of snakes. You brood of vipers. See, we read it like it's no big deal. Brood of vipers. How can you being you snake, you serpent. You know, a Pharisee knew the Old Testament, knew the law, the Torah very well. And when he called him a snake, they knew very well what he was talking about. Who was it that approached Eve in the garden? Snake, serpent. You serpents. He's like, you're no different than your, you're no different than your father. I mean, when Jesus said this, uh, you know that commercial when E.F. Hutton speaks? I mean, you got to know everything stopped. It's like, the, you know, it's like a big record. It's like everything went silent. You snakes. How can you being evil? And Jesus is telling the Pharisees that they're evil. And we wonder why they wanted to kill him. He says, you being evil, speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Whew. Notice it says, out of the abundance of the heart. It doesn't say just out of the heart. 
it says out of the overflow. That's the superabundance. It's the overflow. It's what's spilling out. It's the thing that you can't help. And you can cover for a season, but sooner or later, what's going in will overflow out of you and you will start to leak. You've been around somebody and they leaked out? It's funny to be around really religious people when they leak out because they're like, oh, I can't believe I said that. I'm like, I can. Because I know what's in my heart. You know, C.S. Lewis was asked, anybody read Screw Tape Letters? In an interview, C.S. Lewis was asked, you know, well, how did you get into the mind of Satan? Because the book is written from Satan's perspective or, or screw tape. It's really interesting and it's really diabolical. I mean, when you read it, you're, it's creepy. And because uh, it's so in the nature of man and the twistedness and the, how debased and how defiled. And someone asked C.S. Lewis, you know, how did how were you able to enter into the mind of the enemy? He said, I had only to look in a mirror. Because he knows what's he said, I know what's in me. Do we not all know what's in us? And the Bible says the heart's desperately wicked. Whew, that's why we need a new one. Amen. That's why his mercies are new every morning. Someone should thank God that that was written in a weird book in the Old Testament. His mercies are every morning. And I pray every morning I got to say, Lord, thank you for new mercies because I need a boatload of them today. Because I had a bad day yesterday. So I just, I mean, every, thank you, God, for your grace. It is sufficient. Amen. So his mercies are new. So you get that. So we got to have this, this heart cleaned and if any man is in Christ, he's a what? A new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new, right? And so every day, God, thank you. Brood of vipers, for out of the abundance of the overflow. Say overflow. Say superabundance. That's what the Amplified Version says. For out of the superabundance, the overflow, the heart leaks. When we leak, we speak. Am I right? So it leaks out. Can't believe I said that. Believe it. All right. Is that it? Is that the last? Is that the end of that? Is another one? A good man out of the good treasure's heart. Look at this. Brings forth good things. Ooh. Thank God for new mercies every morning. Amen. Man, new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. It says, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. In other words, you'll know them by their fruits. You'll know them by their product. You'll know them by their produce. What are we producing? Well, that's what we are on the inside. So your mouth is a barometer. It's an indicator of the heart. Can I get an amen? All right, let's move forward. Number two, the words you speak can create or destroy. James 3.10. We read James earlier, but I want to get this scripture on it. Out of the same mouth proceed a blessing, an empowerment to succeed, and cursing, an empowerment to fail. Out of the same mouth. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. That's why the tongue has to be tamed by the spirit. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. This is a, a familiar verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In the Amplified, it says either good or bad. It adds that little tag in a parenthesis. So whether, the, whether it's you're eating good fruit or bad fruit, you will eat the fruit of what you say. I don't know about you, but it, it, in a very real sense, the fear of God comes on me when talking about this because I think about things I've said in jest or things that, and, and, and I, you know, it's obviously there's balance. We communicate, we're in a culture where we talk, but 
We have to be so careful what we say and what we release out of these things. Because we can damage, we can scar, we can hurt, we can wound people and not even know it. We can empower them to fail with a word. Anger, abundance, overflow. One of my best friends growing up, man, he was, he was not very athletic. He wasn't real hunky, but the dude was a brainiac. And you talk about quick with the tongue, quick with the wit. And unfortunately, I learned well from him. Because it's weird. I, I was a jock. I hung out with the, with the athletes, but I ended up, I mean, I, I played sports, but I ended up running around with a bunch of brainiacs. I don't know, maybe I wanted to be smart, and I thought I'd just hang in with them might make me that way. I don't know, but I, I hung out with them, and I picked up some things, some good things and some bad things. And one of the things I picked up was a quick tongue. And, oh, I mean, sitting at the lunch, man, at the cafeteria, it was like sword play with mouths, with words. I mean, we're just like cutting each other up with lightsabers coming out of our mouths. I mean, unbelievable. Rough. And I've spent years trying to get over that because it's easy in a, in a vulnerable moment to just shoot a zinger in there. Sometimes we set ourselves up for a zinger, do we not? You know, but boy, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life in the power of the tongue. Number three, look at this. Your words can become a snare that entraps you. This is, this is again, fear of God kind of word here. Proverbs twelve thirteen. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips. But the righteous will come through trouble. Look at that. Trapped by your words. Trapped by your mouth. Trapped by what you say. Have you ever just said something in, in the words of Pastor Dwayne Sheriff? A big piece of stupid came out of your mouth? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you just wanted to catch it as it, as it came out? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I thought I was the only one for a second. Okay. And you're just like trying, I mean, but how many you know it's too late? That once a word is released, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's like a clock running down on a bomb. It's just there. There's nothing you can do. You can't clip the green or yellow wire. It's just, there it goes. And then you watch it impact a person. And you're like, those of you who are married know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? Yeah, or oh my, or oh. Oh, Lord, help me. Can I say something? Well, you certainly can. Uh, George Myers, he's been speaking on that tongue, like the death and power of tongue. He was talking about how powerful words are. He was talking about uh, Esau and Jacob. And he was talking about the blessing and how when he came and he acted like he was the oldest son and his father spoke the blessing over him. And then when his brother came, yeah. and the father realized he made the mistake and the son and said, well, if I didn't speak the blessing over him anyway, he was like, I can't. Yeah. Because I've already spoken the blessing over him. And so it just brought that back to mind. And he was saying how powerful it was that even though the blessing was intended for the oldest son, once the father spoke it, yeah. he's already spoken. He couldn't Could not be taken back. Yeah. That's the power, the force of what we say. It couldn't even be retracted at that point. We know that in the negative because we've always said things like, oh, if I could only take that back, you know. But you know the power of it. But let me tell you something. When you release a positive, life-giving, faith-filled, 
word. It too cannot be taken back. It doesn't return void. So when you speak, when you stake a claim, when you make a declaration and a proclamation, which I am big on, uh, come walking up to my house, you may hear something. And it's me going, Lord, I thank you that I am the head and not the tail. I thank you, Lord, that I am blessed coming in. I mean, you, you, at any given moment, I mean, if I feel the need, I rip one off. I'm like, Lord, I thank you that I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I heard a contemporary Christian artist years ago. I was at the Texas Baptist Youth Evangelism Conference over in Dallas back when Reunion Arena was happening. and This was back in the day, and I remember this Christian artist was in an airport, and he, he was talking about dealing with thoughts and words. And he said that he was walking down an airport, and he realized that he needed to give voice to, to what he was trying to shut the devil down, taking captive his thoughts. And so he said whenever he had a negative thought, he would just, just say, No! And he was walking through the airport with his buddy, and something came into his mind, and he just shouted, No! And just people everywhere, just like... I mean, thank good he, he didn't do that today. He'd be like, you know, run in and handcuffed and beaten up and, you know, security. But I mean, he, but what he was doing, he was making a point that he realized that it wasn't enough to think no. He had to give voice to what was in because he understood the power of his words to impact. And you've got to understand, our words carry force. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life, if life, we know death is, but life is in the power of the tongue. Why is it that it's easier for us to camp out on death than it is to embrace life and begin to say, you know what, I'm going to say something awesome to Cindy Quinn and say, you're awesome. You're going to have a great year. Your life, you've got a great destiny ahead of you. You're an awesome young lady of God. God has ordered your steps. Do you feel a little better? A little embarrassed? A little better? But, I mean, Angel Bradbury, my gosh, what God has in store for you. Come on, I'm telling you, the wave of God over you, the anointing. Do you feel better? See, all, I mean, it, all it takes is a little bit, I mean, just a word. And there's force in that. Is there not, Cindy? Force in that. Because right now your mind's going, what did you say? What did you say? You are. Anytime I've received a prophetic word, I'm like, oh, Lord, somebody take this. I mean, because it's too much to take, you know. Somebody write that down. Because that word is powerful. And I want to be able to meditate on that word and go back over that word. Your word, life and death, are in the power of the tongue. But we need to get a hold of this life thing because we're too good at the death thing. We do it through murmuring, complaining, griping. Because of this spirit of entitlement that we live in, live with here in the West. My gosh, some of the most godly people, godly on the outside, churchy, show up at a restaurant after church. And boy, that spirit of entitlement. Oh, they forgot everything they just heard, every the environment they just breathed and worship. And boy, they get in a restaurant, something not cooked just right, or they feel like they didn't get a side that they ordered. And oh, my gosh. They now are going to demand their rights. They forgot everything. Out of that same mouth come blessing and cursing. You see a waiter or waitress going, there's another one of those Christians. Gosh. 
Uh, I've heard waiters say, I hate Sundays. They're the worst tippers and they're the biggest complainers. My brethren, that ought not be so. I love what Ross Brooks says. He says, I don't tip. He says, I give an offering. <laughs> you want to be a witness to a waiter or a waitress? Give an offering. Well, I don't know if I want to be that much of a witness. I mean, it's just, just, <laughs> just, it's just food. I thought we were supposed to impact culture. Think about times when you've pulled the biggest piece of stupid of your life when you have just demanded your rights because something didn't go your way. You've been somewhere line at Walmart or movie theater line and something didn't go somebody's way and they just threw a big old wall-eyed fit. Did you not want to just go smack them down? Not that I did, but I'm just saying, didn't you want to? <laughs> Kids all around, children, people, and you're just like. Your words can trap you. Man. Number four, you must be intentional in using your words to bring about life Results. When I say life results, I mean just giving life. I'm talking about life, stuff in your life that needs movement. Some things, look at me, everybody, right now. Some things are not moving in your life because you, you have not allowed your, your words to speak it into existence. You've not learned what it means to call those things that be not as though they were. You've not allowed your mouth to bring force to that situation. You've spoken death out of your tongue and you've nullified, you've shut down the movement of God. Can I get an amen? amen? I know this is hard, but listen, this is the truth. We are ensnared by our words. We're killing ourselves with our mouths. Instead of taking our mouths and like a strategic weapon, a preemptive strike where we go, man, I've got a target. I'm going to speak into that thing. I'm going to declare life over that thing. My gosh, the power we have right here in us and, and we just neglect. Because the enemy's convinced you it doesn't matter. Mark eleven twenty 20 to 26. I'm going to save this, the preaching side of this till next week. Because this, this is so loaded. Verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. Remember Jesus empowered it to fail? Remember? He cursed the fig tree and it failed he empowered it to fail and it did peter remembering said to him rabbi teacher look the fig tree which you empowered to fail which you cursed has withered away so jesus answered and said to them have faith in god philip's translation says this have the faith of god come on somebody not just have faith in god have the faith of god For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. All right, anybody got a mountain? Needs to be moved. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he what? Those things he says. 
doesn't doubt, but believes, adheres to, trusts in, relies on, the Amplified says. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. That works in the negative too. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They eat its fruit. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Man, that almost sounds like we should thank God for the answer before the answer arrives. Isn't that weird? Lord, I praise you and thank you that my healing is imminent. I praise you and thank you that my my resources, my destiny, my situation, Lord, I thank you in advance because you're already working. You're orchestrating events. The timing's up to you, God, but I know it's coming. It's happening. Death and life in the power of the tongue. Whew, I don't know about you, but I'm, I've been using my tongue as a weapon lately in a good sense. I've been, I've been throwing off some depth charges of the Holy Spirit, declaring, speaking, and it is, it's stirring something in me, I've got to say. Believe that you receive them and you what? Will, say it with me, will have them. Okay, somebody say it with me. Will have them. In fact, let's read that whole verse together. Ready? Read. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Remember now, it's predicated on not doubting and on believing. To adhere, trust in, rely upon. So believing is a lot more than just going, oh, I believe in the tooth fairy. I believe in pizza. I believe in the Easter bunny. I believe... No, no, no. Believe means to adhere to. That means to stick to. You ever stuck two pieces of duct tape together? You never got them apart, did you? That's called adhering. It's a chemical bond that literally melds itself together. You can't get it apart without destroying that tape. It's because it becomes one. That's what adhering to means. It means just like a little scotch tape here. I'm talking... It adheres to. It's not going anywhere. It's it's the same spirit that Jacob had when he grabbed hold of God. Said, "I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me." Walked with a permanent limp, but he got his blessing. Did he not? I'll trade off a permanent limp to receive that empowerment to succeed, to live, to overcome. Bam! I'm about to bust out and I'm getting excited. I'm preaching myself very happy tonight. Man, this is just, I'm just getting some heavy revies as I'm talking. All right, here we go. And whenever you stand praying, someone say, uh oh, wait a minute, there's more to this? I thought, I thought there was a period there. Wait, you gotta understand, when the text was written, it was not written in chapter verse. It was written, there were paragraph breaks, but there were thought breaks. But the scripture, both Hebrew, Greek, and the Aramaic, were never ever chapter versed until much, much later. And it was only done so we could reference it. But early on, they read the Torah. It was just straight through. So there is no real break here. So go back to the prior verse, Randall, if you would. And then I'm going to continue the thought. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, now you should say, "Uh uh-oh. Is a big uh oh. Forgive him. I'm going to add to the scripture. Forgive her. Forgive them. 
He said, he just checked out on me. You're like, oh, this is getting good, but... Forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. Whoa, what did that just say? That almost sounds like if I don't forgive. Wow. Well, wait a minute. We're in the New Testament now. We're under grace. You know, Be careful that you don't use grace as just a, some lie. I'm a grace guy too. But I also understand grace is powerful. And it's not just some... Get out of sin free card. Amen. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you your stuff. (laughs) So you want to move a mountain? Start with forgiveness. You need to be healed? Start with forgiveness. You want to be whole? Start with forgiveness. Pastor, I got some financial needs. You know what? Start with forgiveness. I've got to raise tuition. Start with forgiveness. God it gets quiet when we talk about that. Next verse. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So we've got we to gotta enter into the very nature of God because that's what it means to not doubt. That's what it means to believe. That's what it means to speak to a mountain and say something with faith-filled words. But I'm telling you, if you're walking in unforgiveness, it is blocked. It is shut down. You're spiritually constipated. Can I get an amen? amen. So this week, all right, we're going to stop here because I'm tempted to go, but I'm going to stop. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to think back over what we've talked about. And I want you to listen to what you say. Joyce was talking about that. I want you to listen to what you're saying. Listen to what is leaking out. Now, you can try to trap your words. You know, okay, I'm going to be real careful, but let me tell you something. What's in there will leak. Because out of the overflow, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in there, it will come out. It'll come out in what you say. Somebody will tick you off. God will set you up. Be careful not to blame the devil too quick. Don't give him so much credit. Amen? But God God loves you so much. He cares about this. That's grace. That he will allow stuff to happen that will bring to the surface whatever is percolating in your heart. Can I get an amen? Oh, yeah. Everybody's excited. Test time. So just know this week, be ready because your food's not going to come like quite like you prepared it. Somebody's going to short you. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic. Come on now. Trust me, that happens a lot in our little town. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> Out of the superabundance of the hearts. <laughs> I'm just messing. I feel you there. That's totally mine. So you be, listen to your words this week because until we can learn to get, begin to tame this and submit that to the Spirit. Now, here's what, here's what we learn to do. Repent quickly. Oh, God, I let that slip out. God, please cancel that. God, stop it. Arrest it. Rebuke it. Whatever it takes, God. Stop that before it does any more damage. Listen to how you respond to people. Hey, how are you doing? How's your week going? Man, let me just tell you, I'm glad you asked. You ever get that response? You're like, I'm sorry I asked. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you that are in the service industry with people. School's about to start. 
Some of you cut hair. I mean, we got all kinds of different things that we do. And I'm telling you, people leak out. And here's what's going to happen. Because we're studying this, you're going to be much more aware of what other people are saying. Listen to what people are saying. Listen with, with, with ears and spirit. Say, Lord, help me, help me listen. Help me be aware. Help, help me see what's going on. I'm telling you, it, it'll mess you up a little bit because you'll be going, oh, my gosh. I was entering into that. I got sucked into that at the water cooler or the coffee machine at work. I got sucked into that. Is this making sense? All right, let's all stand together. In fact, why don't we do something together with our words? I just love to do this because it always changes the atmosphere. Everybody stand up. Are you ready to do something with your mouth? Let's be intentional. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you praise. I give you thanks that your favor surrounds me like a shield. That your favor, it goes before me. It follows up behind me. It guards me to the right. It guards me to the left. And I declare that no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. I declare I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I declare my steps are ordered by the word. I declare that I am raised up, seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I've been given authority, power, dominion, strength. And with that honor, with that power, I use my mouth to change the atmosphere. I declare Jesus is Lord over my mouth. Over my tongue, over my thoughts, over my hearts, over my words, I declare Jesus is Lord. I declare in this moment, I'm getting bigger. I'm increasing. My faith is growing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I declare I've been made holy. Blameless and above reproach in your sight. I also declare that the accuser of the brethren has been cast down by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And in Jesus' name, we win. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Now, just as a teaching moment, a teaching moment, is the atmosphere not different? Is your faith not stirred? All right, there you go. Now go and do thou likewise. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We honor you. Teach us, Lord. Father, we don't want to just be silly about it, but God really teaches how to, how to harness this, this thing called the tongue. Lord, that we submit it to the Spirit. And Lord, that we learn how to use our tongue to literally direct the affairs of life to change the atmosphere, to change our mentality, to change our behaviors, our moment, that we would truly grab hold of an attitude of gratitude and praise. And Father, I pray for every person here that, Lord, we are increasing, we are growing, we are developing because we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for grace. And we thank you, Lord, 
that your mercies are new every morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here tonight that you would give them peaceful sleep tonight, for you give your beloved sweet sleep. So give them good rest tonight, Father. Rest is supernatural that we'll wake up ready to roll, ready to go, and ready to harness this thing. Give us grace in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Love you. God bless you. Have a good night.